Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. Hello, WNYXicans. I'm Lauren, and I will be today's host. I'm here with our resident guitarist, Tom. Hello there. And our fearless ringleader, Thaddeus. Hello. Before we get started, I wanted to give a little shout out to our friend of the show, Becca. She's known to our listeners as News Radio Quotes. Her Twitter handle is at 4Chalk, and she's been very supportive of the show, and we wanted to give her a Team Hoodoo shout out. Thanks, Becca, for your support. And if you don't already follow at 4Chalk on Twitter, go give her a follow. Thanks, Becca. Thanks, Becca. This episode, President, is the first of three episodes in our Jimmy's Publicity Stunts unit. And I'm going to kick it off with our Agent Zero pew pew plot synopsis. <laughs> Never get tired of that. Oh, I love you. it. <laughs> President was season three, episode one. It originally aired on September 18, 1996, which was a Wednesday. Upon Dave's return from a trip to Wisconsin, or was it Ohio, <laughs> Mr. James announces he is running for president. Lisa is determined to dig up enough dirt on Jimmy to convince him to drop out of the race. Meanwhile, the rest of the staff stage an intervention to address Matthew's mustache. <laughs> Classic episode. <laughs> Now, we've chosen a few categories and games, and I, as host, will award ABSA points for the answers and arguments of each contestant. At the end of part A, I will award one lucky contestant this episode's ABSA award for excellence in this podcast. So, let's get started with ABSA fever. Absolutely. (laughs) Nice. Nice. All right, category one of our Absa Fever round is what scene would you show to a new person, someone who has not seen news radio before? And Tom, you're up first. Okay, I would go with the cold intro, uh, or the cold open, I'm sorry, the intro uh, scene where Dave comes off the elevator and is greeted in succession by uh, Beth, Lisa, and Joe, um, and then Matthew, uh, and and the reveal of the mustache. (laughs) And capping it all off with the the scream spit slap, uh, by Catherine, which is probably I, I for my money it's the all time Catherine slap. So that's the one. Fair, fair, more than fair. I can't argue with that. <laughs> Excellent choice. All right, Thad, what's your top choice? Um, so before I even get started on mine, I think I think this cold open has to be one of the the candidates for the goat for the series like it's got to be one of the greatest openings of this series alone never mind let's expand it to the other 90 sitcoms and, and past that so uh mm-hmm. the, i knew the first person had to take that one like, you have no choice because that is one of the greatest scenes that was always going to be number one concerned. um yeah. so my 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 scene that i showed a new person is actually going to be the press conference scene which is tough because it's a little bit long but ultimately, you're going to get a little bit of Dave and Lisa. You're going to get a whole lot of Jimmy and Bill. And I can't think of a better thing to show somebody who's never seen the show, especially with Bill just completely showing off and Lisa running the arc of being excited to just getting shut down by Jimmy James. <laughs> yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the scene I would show. That's my first pick. And we got some mustache action in there. So. <laughs> sure do. <laughs> All right, Tom, second choice for you. Uh, for me, what scene would you show? Me, I would go with the uh, office scene with um, Jimmy and Dave and then Lisa and Beth, um, uh, where, where Jimmy reveals that he's going to run for president in the Ohio yeah, bit. 
Um, <laughs> ending with with uh, Beth slapping a button on, on Dave repeatedly. Ow. <laughs> yeah. Also a good choice. That was my next choice, too. <laughs> All right, so then, Thad, what are you going with for your second choice? Uh, then my second choice is going to be the bathroom scene, the intervention, uh, trying to get Matthew to shave. Uh, and I think it's funny because of the tone. Because we all recognize it as an intervention. Uh, especially, you know, Dave likes it. No, I don't. And everyone else, I just want you to listen. Uh, you know, so so I, I thought that was a great scene. Because everybody will recognize it as an intervention style. And, and kind of get the gag of what's going on. And it's obviously a hilarious scene overall. So that's my two. That's a good one also. It's a very classic news radio feel to that uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just want you to listen. <laughs> okay so i'm scoring those as a pair and tom i'm giving you six thad i'm giving you five i think you were the victim of who went first in that situation thad but um can't really be I mean, mad it's that's it's a great episode so yeah. every scene i think you could argue can't hate on the goat <laughs> no not at all <laughs> all right second category what quote is most usable or you want to use in real life? So, Thad, you're going first on this one. Um, man, this is really tough because there's two real, real strong options on the board. Uh, but I'm going to go with, could you stand up and turn around for a second, sir? Well, I want to see what I'm getting because as of now, your ass is mine. Uh, first of all, I absolutely love trash talking. Like, there is zero question. I love competing and I love trash talking. So doing a, a setup line, like, I've literally taken shots in basketball games where I talked the trash and started laughing before and I missed the shot. Because I was so happy with the line of trash that I delivered as I was shooting that my focus left from the basket. Like, I'm not a really good basketball player to begin with, so I can't divert that focus away. Uh, but this line, I think, is perfect. Anytime I get a second to, to challenge anybody, the, could you stand up and turn around for a second? Well, I just want to see what I'm getting. Because as of now... That ass is mine. Like, yeah. That's my pick. <laughs> That's a good pick. Solid pick. All right, Tom, first up for you, what's your best quote? Uh, Most usable. Your confusing thesis mm -hmm. has captured my attention. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. <laughs> yes. Bye, Bill. <laughs> that was the only other choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for usability. Yeah. I don't know that it gets any better than that. No, it's definitely, yeah, anytime anybody says anything slightly confusing, that's... Yeah, you can use it sarcastically, like all yep. sorts, like, just, yeah. I just like trash talking just a little bit more than I want information. <laughs> all right, Dad, second quote for you. What's most usable? Um, man. So, there's two, I have two, three options. Two of them are about the delivery. Uh, but I'm going to go with the one I think I really could use. And it's going to be, you look like you belong at an amateur porn convention. <laughs> <laughs> I think any time, especially with a male, any time you don't like their outfit or, or a fashion choice, I think that's a line you could throw. Because, again, it doesn't have that 70s line, that Freddie Mercury. Like, it's that you look like you belong at an amateur porn convention, man. Like, what are you doing over here? So I, I think that's very usable. I think that's one that, that I hopefully will be able to actually implement on somebody who makes a poor fashion choice this summer. It's evergreen. I'm talking about me, people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm the poor fashion choice. Okay, Tom. Second quote. Also by Bill. Actually, that wasn't entirely unpleasant. Nice. Um, nice. Just, just for the delivery is great and what it you know what it comes after the the very steamy quick kiss with Matthew. Um, <laughs> Extra point for steamy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. And I, I honestly, I think you could use it like um, just to just to sort of indicate that you expected something right. to be unpleasant. Yeah. Like so everyone else is on board. This is a fine time. And when you say that, you indicate that you thought it was going to be unpleasant. That's that's always a good choice. Right. Like if you go okay. uh, if you go skydiving or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. Or try heroin the first time. You know, that, something like that. 
wasn't entirely unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, disclaimer time. Tom's views do not represent the Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> Facts stated by Tom may not necessarily be facts. <laughs> Okay, we're getting off the rails already. Um, okay, so for quotes, I'm going seven points for Thad, five points for Tom, bringing us to 11-12 in favor of Thad. Tom, you want to stand up for a second? Let me turn around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up. What gag or bit had the biggest impact on the episode? And we are on Tom. Uh, it's got to be the mustache, um, as it's it's the perfect visual gag. I mean, that thing is, whoever picked that, whatever uh, hair and makeup <laughs> person that picked that fake mustache, should get a lifetime achievement award from yeah. the Emmys because it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's a great mustache. Um, well, both mas- mustaches were great. I will say. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I know we don't see it live in real time, but Jimmy's is also great. Yeah. <laughs> also true. Okay, uh, Thad, best gag or bit for your money? Um, so mine is going to be the deep throat joke, just because it's so funny in real time, but also because he gives the Woodward and Bernstein follow-up at the end, when she's like, I feel a little bit manipulated. He's like, that's what Bernstein used to say. <laughs> so in the moment, like, I'm deep throat. Like, you were not deep throat. Like, they let him show up then. It was just like, <laughs> what if he's not here? Yes, he is. Boom. Like, <laughs> Next question. Right away. Yeah. <laughs> Like that alone is as funny as it is, but once you add in the the callback to it at the end, like, yeah, that's that that had a great impact. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's a good one. Okay, so we're doing just one each yep. on that one. So I'm scoring that uh, five to four in favor of Tom, which of course brings us to a dead heat. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right, now we are looking for the coolest detail. What is a nice, adequate touch for this episode? And Dad, we're on you. I'm going to go with the scrolling electronic ticker with his phone number on the front of the podium. <laughs> that after he makes the announcement, there is an electronic ticker and his phone number <laughs> scrolls across the front, which I think is what, like 1-800-J-James or something or whatever. But like, yeah. Right, it's not even enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, uh, but yeah, like I caught that, I caught that on a rewatch, and I was like, that's that's a beautiful touch, you know, to know that they set that up and and ran it while he was talking. <laughs> that wasn't even on my list, and now I can't believe it wasn't. You're right, that is a really great touch. <laughs> all right, Tom, what's your coolest detail or adequate touch? Uh, it's the use of uh, "Life's Been Good to Me." Um, by, by Joe Walsh in like a John Philip Sousa March style, which, you know, I, I like the fact that, I mean, they probably had to pay to get the rights for it and they didn't even use the recording of the song. They actually <laughs> had it redone as, as a March, which is crazy. So that that's definitely my favorite. I didn't even realize that was the song that they were playing. Yep. That's, that's actually really good. That's a great catch right there. I now that you mentioned it, I do wonder what that cost, or, right. or maybe that was the maybe, maybe that's the go around. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe it didn't cost them anything if they did it as a march. That's right. Blow your questions now before the next category. That's right. <laughs> okay. You get Lauren talking about cost analysis. All of a sudden, the game shifts. I see what you're <laughs> We talked. We talked about pandering. You're pandering to the judge here. <laughs> you know I love a spreadsheet. Okay, um, I'm going four to three in favor of Thad, bringing us to uh, bringing us out of the tie. Okay, moving on to best episode enigma. What questions were raised in your mind when watching this episode, Tom? Okay, my question is, is Jimmy a negligent dog owner? Um, We learn in Luncheon at the Waldorf uh, that his dogs are hungry. And that's that's multiple dogs, right? Um, And and then in this episode, he says he's got an Irish setter. 
Now later in Twins, when they go to his house, there is a retriever that is, is going into the pool. So what happened to this Irish setter? What happened to the other dogs? I have questions. Damn. <laughs> I, 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 think that, I think that the uh, SPCA should be looking into Mr. James. Such mm-hmm. a good question. Mm-hmm. I did, yeah. I had a dog question in my list, for sure. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> that's a that's tough one to follow. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's... <laughs> Man. <laughs> dog's coming up firing. All right. Well, you got to follow it. What do you got, Dad? What's your question? Okay. My question is, where did Beth get the shirt? <laughs> She in the open. She's wearing a different top, and then when we see her come in, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Real office appropriate, but I guess Joe is probably setting the standards. I think. Uh, And then she rolls in, and it is because the thing is also it looks distressed. It doesn't look like it's a brand new T-shirt. It looks like it's been worn a little bit. So where did she get between Dave coming to the office and her entering the office to talk? She had to change that shirt. Where did she get that shirt from? That's my that's my question. Shirts no by Beth. Involved. <laughs> yeah, like, she made it at her desk in two yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Both good questions. Both got me thinking. Okay, I'm gonna score that five to four in favor of Tom, which brings us right back to a tie. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about sounds pretty on brand for us. <laughs> Okay, so that brings us to Bill, I stole your cane, keepsakes. What is a keepsake or a prop that you would like to uh, take from this episode to display or wear? And Thad, you're up first. So Beth has this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my first keepsake would be that shirt. I mean, he's running for president. It says, you know, like James for president or whatever. Uh, it's a style. Obviously, it's not something that I would plan on wearing. <laughs> Which is just thinking about makes me laugh. Uh, I'd have to display it, but yeah, I, I, the, my first my first keepsake would be the Beth's Mr. James for President shirt or the James for President shirt. I mean, it's hard to argue with that one. <laughs> All right, Tom, what's your first one? Uh, even though we never actually see the small version, we see it blown up. I'd like the picture of of Jimmy with the uh, Teddy nice. Roosevelt mustache. That's a good one. So you want the little one. The little one, not the not the blow up. You don't want the poster size one taking up a whole wall in your house. Yeah, I'd I'd literally have to put that on the outside of the house and (laughs) even better. (laughs) Get your neighbors really wondering. Yeah, I I don't know that HOA board would go with that. (laughs) Man, they sure do Uh, he sure does hate those cans. Good choice, good choice. Okay, Thad, number two, what's your second keepsake? Um, I'm going to go with Matthew's shirt, which has this weird rainbow pattern. It's like a sky blue with, like, rainbows on the sides. And, like, it is so ridiculous that I love it. Like, I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> it's just, if I could find one of my size, I would wear it ironically. And <laughs> I'm talking about me with the fashion choices people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I think it really. I was on my list. I think it really drew it drew attention to the mustache. Somehow it it went with the mustache. Like I can't picture Matthew wearing that shirt without the mustache. But uh, <laughs> yeah, good pick. Um, Tom, uh, second keepsake for you. I I am going to take the mustache itself. Ooh. Uh, the fake <laughs> the fake mustache that That's Matthew wears is that would be perfect just as a gag to wear out couple times a year <laughs> the, the fact that you would be willing to wear something that was on andy dick's face <laughs> i think i gotta give you an extra point for guts or i gotta take one away for stupidity that, i'm not sure <laughs> there's plenty of sterilizer in the world come on <laughs> okay all right phil hartman so rubbed was... up against it right yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, right? that's You're like, point. it's that on the pillow. You're just kind of like carrying it around on the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> that's my show mustache. Carried around like a Lion King. 
<laughs> you walk into Thomas' house. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, I was like, who's gonna sing the song? Someone's gonna sing the song, and it's not gonna be me. There was no, there was no doubt. If I was creative, I would use the names. Phil Hardeman, <laughs> Stephen Room. <laughs> I'm assuming you're cutting all of this. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, way off the rails. We're not even out of round one. Okay, moving on to MVP and runner-up. Um, and we decided we are not going to allow Mr. James as the MVP for all three of the episodes in this unit just because that would obviously be everyone's pick. He has the most to do. These are very Jimmy-centric episodes. So your MVP might have originally been your runner-up, and we hope you have a second runner-up in case we've uh, still got the same pick there. So, um, Tom, tell me the name of your MVP, non-Jimmy MVP. Matthew. Okay. And Dad? Bill. Who's your... Bill. Okay. All right. So, Tom, tell me why is Matthew the MVP? Uh, Matthew is the MVP because, obviously, the mustache. Um, and it's the reaction from everybody to the mustache. Uh, also, showing kind of his acting. Oh, this this could this is the type of thing that could change the race, which is like really funny when <laughs> delivered with that mustache. Like he's, it's actually pretty wise, but no, uh, the way they look at him too. Yeah, the way they look at him. <laughs> Dude, just shave it off. <laughs> so good. He finally said something intelligent yeah. and relevant, <laughs> right. and they didn't even hear it. All they saw was mustache. <laughs> Joe Rogan's best actor. <laughs> All right, Dad. Tell me why Bill is your MVP. Um, Bill is actually the MVP because he's pure peanut gallery. Uh, he's not the antagonist. Lisa's like the antagonist. She's the one going after Mr. James. And uh, Matthew, I guess, is kind of an antagonist because everybody hates his mustache. <laughs> so Bill is purely peanut gallery every time he's on screen. In the bathroom with the intervention... Uh, you know, just, I'm laughing so hard I can't even talk. Um, <laughs> no, but I, Bill in the press conference, all right, like, again, just setting it up. Uh, Bill in the office talking about Mr. James running for president. Can, can he win? He will win. <laughs> uh, you know, so for me, Bill got to just shine. Like, he, he just got to go in there and react to everything that was going on. And I think that really, you know, made him like the, the MVP of the episode. <laughs> All respect to Jimmy James. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I some this episode has some of my favorite Bill line reads of all time. Yeah. So I gotta I gotta give you an extra point for that. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going six points, Dad, four points, Tom. Okay. So that was a rousing round of abs of fever, and uh, I'm gonna multitask by simultaneously tallying the points and giving you reactions to this episode from the message board at the time that it aired in a segment we like to call the Freakzilla Report. Freakzilla. And um, I actually I have little I have short titles for all of the elements of my Freakzilla Report nice. this week. Okay, so the first one, I'm calling it The Kiss. Mm -hmm. The kiss between Bill and Matthew had the message board in a tizzy. <laughs> it got our good friend Tavy think about other shifts she'd like to see on the show. She wanted to see a Bill-Matthew couple. She also wanted them to abandon the Dave-Lisa relationship and hook Dave up with Beth. Can you imagine? <laughs> She, she cited the scene in Station Sale where they're all going out drinking and Beth asks if Dave can buy her drinks. She thought there was some spark between them and she wanted to see it blossom into something more. Mm. All right. The next one I'm calling The Big Question. Uh, Bill Walsh came to the message boards and wanted to know if that was supposed to be Al Roker blowing off Bill McNeil or if it was supposed to be an actual sound technician who just looked like Al Roker. And depending on your answer to that question, he wanted to know if you thought the same was true for the Ted Koppel sound technician. Yeah. So what do you guys think? We see Al Roker ask a question yeah. in the press conference, right? Right. right. 
Yeah, I think that he's lying to Bill because he doesn't want to talk to him. Right, I think so too. I think it's Al Roker, I think and, so. just, and that's probably what Ted Koppel is doing as well. Right, <laughs> <laughs> did not want to get all Ted talking. <laughs> What's he saying? Mostly, I'm not Ted Koppel. <laughs> <laughs> You're standing on my table. <laughs> all right, the my my last uh, reaction, I'm calling it just plain wrong. Someone who just went by the initials J.E. came to the message board with a scathing review of this episode. They said Matthew's mustache joke had been done to death, citing similar situations on Leave it to Beaver and Three's Company. They thought Bill had lost his edge and wasn't mean enough anymore, and they wanted to know how many times we're going to have to watch Catherine hit someone before writers realize it's not funny. (laughs) Well, (laughs) to J.E., I say... It's okay to do three mustache jokes in 40 years of television. (laughs) That's not overdoing it. I think you missed the entire point of Bill's softball questions. That was not an example of Bill being nice. (laughs) And Catherine's slaps are the crown jewel of the news radio (laughs) series, and I will not have them tarnished in this way. So (laughs) that has been the Freakzilla Report. Always good to get a clap back 25 years later. That's right. <laughs> uh, Lauren's views do not reflect the views of the song. <laughs> All right. Moving into round two, the Marty party. So, right now... We're going into it with Thad leading Tom by a score of 37 to 36. So It's a squeaker. Still still anyone's game. All right. Round two is a little more social. We call it the Marty Party. It's going to be our versions of Buy or Sell and Would You Rather. And remember, a good Marty Party does not an absent make, except sometimes it does. It's still anyone's game. So here we go. Okay. In this game, contestants will get a statement and have to explain why they either buy it as the real deal or sell it as the McNeil perspective. So, here we go. Is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective that Lisa was the one who established an oppositional stance with Mr. James, therefore it was fair game for Mr. James to manipulate her? Thad, you're going to be up first. So you got to tell me, is it the real deal or the McNeil that Lisa was the one who established an oppositional stance with Mr. James? Therefore, it was fair game for Mr. James to manipulate her. Uh, I'm going to say that this is the real deal. Um, I think that Lisa comes in and is like, I'm going to nail you to the wall. And Jimmy James is like, I got skeletons running around raiding the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> You're still not getting my secrets. So I kind of feel like, you know, because she decided to, to kind of put him on the spotlight, he decided to have a little bit of fun, and I, I kind of feel like that's fair game. I think that's that was okay for him to do. All right. Good point. All right, Tom. So now you got to tell me, why is it the McNeil perspective? This is definitely the uh, McNeil perspective, because um, Lisa didn't put him in the spotlight. He threw thrust himself into the spotlight by saying he's running for president that so jimmy knew how she would react i mean she's worked with her for a while so she knows the um journalistic integrity that she would have and knew that she would have to go after him and probably expected that he would that she would uncover his secret which is what he wanted to get to in the first place and in as little time possible which is why he had that ticker ready. Right? There you go. <laughs> I think I need one of those uh, one of those Super Bowl blackouts right now because time is just hot. <laughs> I need momentum to stop swinging in that direction. <laughs> oh, Zoom's going down. Remember, the Ravens still won that even after the thing went out. I was hoping you would remember that part. <laughs> oh, I remember. Okay. So I'm scoring that one in favor of Tom, six to four. And we're gonna move on to the next statement. So is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective that Lisa is more selfish than Bill in this episode? 
and we're gonna go first to Tom. So Tom, tell me, is it the real, real deal or the McNeil perspective that Lisa is more selfish than Bill in this episode? Uh, this is also the McNeil perspective. Um, Bill is is doing this uh, in wanton desperation to be part of uh, the uh, hoopla surrounding Jimmy being president. And it's only for his selfish gains. Whereas Lisa is just trying to do her job. It's not really selfish as much as, as she's just trying to be professional. Okay. All right. So Thad... Then tell me, why is it the real deal that Lisa is more selfish than Bill in this episode? All right, so it's the real deal because Lisa makes it personal. It's not <laughs> professional. It turns personal. Uh, again, we're, we're making fun a little bit of the Bill Clinton, you know, talking about marijuana to the MTV generation. Uh, so we have the, you know, oh, I've got him doing marijuana. It, like, I love how she looks so sly as she's about to be like, really? And like, well, I'm playing around <laughs> once at the thing. So, I mean, I think for me, it's Lisa is more selfish because she's taking it really personally. Like, she wants to get him. It's not like it doesn't matter who it is. It's a personal thing between her and Jimmy. And therefore, Bill just wants to be a part of something bigger. Lisa specifically wants it to go her way so that she comes out on top. All right. And, I mean, come on. How do you smoke a brownie? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely my favorite quotes. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> and again the look from the other two. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> dude just shave it off <laughs> I love the fact that that's not even on our list and we've already used it like five times <laughs> obviously it's usable because we're using it <laughs> it's, it's so true okay um, that one I'm going five points to four points in favor of Thad bringing us to a dead heat again. So let's try to break up this tie. All right, is it the real deal or is it the McNeil perspective that at the press conference, Jimmy James comes off better after answering Lisa's questions compared to after answering Bill's questions? So, Thad, is that the real deal or the McNeil perspective that at the press conference, Jimmy James comes off better after answering Lisa's questions compared to after answering Bill's questions? Uh, this is going to be the real deal. Uh, Lisa's questions, actually, he, he becomes more human, uh, less idyllic, and is, is more relatable to the people. Uh, you know, it seems like he's showing a little bit of vulnerability and, and things of that nature. So I, I really think that even though Bill is playing some soft, slow-pitch softball, uh, Lisa <laughs> actually gives him a little bit of juice for him to knock it out of the park. That's a baseball metaphor. <laughs> Thanks for that. Just Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> All right, Tom, you got to tell me why is it the McNeil perspective that at the press conference Jimmy James comes off better after answering Lisa's questions compared to after answering Bill's questions? Well, this is the McNeil perspective. Even though he does come off better at answering Lisa's questions up to a point. And then he answers the last one, which is, are you doing this just to meet women? Which is honestly kind of humiliating. And I believe that this is just a lot of um, artistic license taken for 70,000 people calling him. Like, it seems really pathetic. So I think he does come off better after, after uh, Bill's questions because of the last one. Okay. All right. Um... Okay, I'm scoring that four to three in favor of Thad. And the last question, or the last statement in the real deal or the McNeil perspective. Is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective that it is acceptable that Jimmy pulled this stunt? Tom, is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective that it is acceptable that Jimmy pulled this stunt? I'm going to make it a clean sweep of um, <laughs> McNeil perspectives for me. All right. <laughs> uh, this is definitely the McNeil perspective. Uh, the stunt is, is crazy to try to meet women. Um, and 70,000 dates is, is way too many. If, uh, if, you, if you went on 70,000 five-minute dates... Uh, he fell 60,000 short of that, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you play for the Knicks. 
If he went on 70,000 five-minute dates, that would be 5,833 hours. Uh, that would take over 729 eight-hour days to go through that many. So, like, two years of just of dates. And he's got, a, he's got an empire to run, so this is totally unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's too much, right? Okay. Dad, tell me, why is it the real deal that it is acceptable that Jimmy pulled this stunt? Like, first of all, you tell me about the body swap going here with Tom throwing out math statistics out there. <laughs> if he pulls up a spreadsheet, I know something. I know there's a conspiracy somewhere. Um, man. Uh, so I, I'm going to say it's the real deal that he pulled this stunt. Um, he owns his own media empire. He is a celebrity. He is not just a millionaire, not just a businessman. He is a celebrity who used his celebrity in order to find love as a lonely, rich man looking for love. Uh, I, like, I have a part that I got to save for later. Um, but ultimately, <laughs> I, I think it's acceptable. The guy has the money to do it. He uses his own media to suss it out. It's not like he fooled a New York Times reporter or somebody else. He fooled his own people, uh, which really cast doubt on their ability. But Jimmy James got 70,000 dates. I don't know how he's going to trim it down. Jimmy James got 70,000 dates. It is acceptable. All right. And there weren't, you know, 100 dating apps to choose from back in the 90s, it's right? True. He had to do something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going six points for Thad, five points for Tom. Tied up. Not quite. We're at 56-54 uh, in favor of Thad. But it's still anyone's game. All right, we're moving on to have an adequate day. So our final game of the show is a would you rather game based on ideas related to the episode. The contestants will be presented with four choices and one bonus consequence. We'll have a short discussion about each choice, then both the contestants and the host will draft our answers and whoever's day sucks the least will win the game and be awarded six points. All right, here we go. So, would you rather have your office coworkers hold an intervention about your haircut and appearance, or have one of your closest work friends begin proudly wearing a terrible, terrible facial hair choice and you have to tell him it's repulsive? <laughs> uh, what do you think, um, Dad? Ooh. Uh, I gotta go with B, telling my friend, because it's not me. <laughs> like, like, <that's, laughs> you know, like, it is tough. I know me personally, like, I'm the type that's like, your, your closest friends are the ones who are going to tell you the stuff that nobody else wants to. Uh, so if, if we're really friends, then I will tell them so that they don't make a fool of themselves. But man, it is awkward and uncomfortable and may not go well. <laughs> but still better than being the one with the terrible haircut or appearance. I mean, you have to imagine how important hair is to me, Lauren. <laughs> 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 all right. We all have to imagine at this point in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all imaginary hair, so it's anyone's, anyone's guess. All right, Tom, uh, what do you think? Uh, Would you rather... Agree with that. Yeah, definitely you, rather tell somebody. Page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm the same way, and maybe that just means we're all selfish jerks but yeah i don't want to be the one sporting the terrible haircut or the weird appearance that someone has to have an intervention <laughs> tom and i were just talking about how you should have a perm when you go back to the office <laughs> <laughs> make everyone really wonder <laughs> should she take a vacation in the 80s yeah. <laughs> what happened <laughs> members only jacket <laughs> <laughs> all right next choice would you rather have a coworker slap a Velcro button onto your chest every time you take it off, but no more than nine times total in a day, or watch one of your best friends embarrass themselves badly at a press conference. You are at the press conference. Tom, which one do you think's worse? Which one's better? Oh, I'll definitely take the coworker slapping a Velcro button onto my chest. I might be selfish, but my selfishness knows some bounds. <laughs> <laughs> good to know <laughs> um, all right then 
I, I think it depends on how I think my friend would take the news or, or take being embarrassed. Like, if they didn't realize that they embarrassed themselves, then I want A. <laughs> like, then, then I don't want to have that conversation. If they knew that they blew it, then I'll take the, the role of supporting them and putting them back up. But, man, like, getting slapped in the chest with a Velcro button, like, nine times would, would really irritate me. Like, I would not be a happy camper by the time that ninth button hit. Like, it, it stopped at nine, not because he ran out of time. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm gonna go with B, but it's kind of on the kind of on the condition that the friend realizes that they're the ones who uh, that they did embarrass themselves. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. There's some contingencies there, but at the same time, I don't want my coworkers touching me in any capacity, really, right. much less to slap a button on me nine times. <laughs> So, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm with you on that one. And we think that button was Velcro, right? Like I was like it can't be a pin. It's got to be the slap that he's reacting to. It's not like she's sticking him with a pin, right? Cuz it wouldn't <laughs> stay. Know, when you watch the way he he pulls the first one off, he like pulls it up. It kind of seems like maybe it's got a pin that like points down like you're supposed to like, yeah. you know, hook it through the lapel or something. Um, but I think as far as like actually slapping dave foley with something i bet it was velcro mm -hmm. i'm like even in real life how do you do that to somebody i assume it's velcro i hope so all right here's another hot one uh would you rather spend a day at an amateur porn convention looking for a story you'll have to report on the air the next day or have an important relationship conversation with someone continue as they enter and use the toilet with the bathroom or stall door open. Mm. <laughs> the choices just get harder from here. Mm. All right, who are we on? I think bad. we're on bad. I am going to take A. Uh, the, the embarrassment or fun is that A, you have to walk around an amateur porn convention look for a story. And then B, <laughs> you have to go on the air with a story about it, something that happened at an amateur porn convention. So, like, <laughs> the real fear is that your friends are going to make fun of you mercilessly. Uh, and therefore, that's the one I'm going to take over having an important relationship conversation with somebody who goes to use the bathroom. Like, I can't really focus on this. Like, I can't focus on this conversation. Like, I am <laughs> skeeved out a little bit, a little bit. So, I'm going with A on this one. Okay. Tom, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I got to go with A. I, it's the uh, stall door open possibility that really seals it for me that's 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 some bad hoodoo there mm. agreed agreed all right i have a different perspective on this and maybe it's because i'm a woman we're known for going to the bathroom together a uh. lot i've had a lot of important relationship conversations in the ladies room and there's been plenty of times that it's like it's crowded do you want to just go use this the handicapped stall together sure let's go you know it's not a big deal to me <laughs> and throw some alcohol in there some of my most important life conversations have happened inside a bathroom stall with another woman so <laughs> different perspective from me <laughs> but i respect your choice <laughs> it's like tom and i like you're like yeah two of us going together tom and i both are shaking our heads just no no, no. That's a no no. Like, there's, there's no eye contact. There's no talking. It's, you, you go in there, you get rid of whatever, and then you get out. That's You don't go you in wash together. your hands, and boom. You don't compliment the other man's watch. No. Just... I've also been a bridesmaid a lot of times, and one of the things they don't tell you when you're going to be a bridesmaid is you are responsible for holding that giant dress out of the way while the bride goes to the bathroom. You don't go your whole wedding day without going to the bathroom, right? Nah. <laughs> so, I, mean, most, I, I, I can't speak for Tom, but I've been a lot of weddings, like, mm, basically an hour 45 before the wedding starts. It's time to start getting ready. <laughs> well, anyway. That's my perspective. Well, I'm glad. And I'm that friend. I will be there for you in your time of need. I'm glad the groomsmen <laughs> don't have to hold the grooms, you know. <laughs> Which is why Tom has always avoided Scottish weddings just out of fear. <laughs> job of asking embarrassing humble brag setup questions to a friend at a press conference or 
have the job of asking difficult, potentially embarrassing questions to a friend at a press conference. And Tom, I think we're on you. I'd rather do A, uh, do the humble brag questions. I, I think those are much more palatable <laughs> than having to like grill <laughs> grill a friend with uh, tough questions at a press conference in front of people. That's that's tough. So you're taking the embarrassment. So it, yeah, I'll, ta- I'll, I'll take ask the embarrassment. the embarrassing question instead of asking the question that will embarrass them. Right. Basically. Yeah. Okay. All right, Dad, what do you think? Oh, I'm a jerk. <laughs> I'm taking B. Uh, but, I mean, to me, it's like it's a professional environment. It's a professional setting. Uh, I don't want my peers, essentially, to kind of think less of me for asking obvious softball questions. Uh, so I guess I'm more afraid of social pressure and hopefully having an understanding friend that understands this is a professional environment and <laughs> this is just how it goes, buddy. I, as a journalist, I have a responsibility to make you my bitch. <laughs> a lot of professional integrity there. Yeah, I spent a lot of Saturday nights at home alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going. I think I'm going with Tom. I think you could find a way to make it funny. You know, so, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I'll take the embarrassment for them because obviously they're giving the press conference. They're the more well-known person. Mm, Who the hell am I, right? Mm. So, all right. The last one is just a bonus consequence that we all have to accept. It's not really a choice. Um, have three women standing together see you and shriek, spit water on you, and backhand slap you in that order. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get more insulting than that, I don't right? Think it like, does. I- no matter how hard you were digging into whatever you know fashion choice or whatever it was that you were you were planning to defend it i don't think you could defend it after that i think you have to reevaluate your life choices <laughs> yeah you either have to find it hilarious or depressive like there's not really there's no wins in this scenario <laughs> but it's a sign and a message either way right all right, so we're going to do a quick draft of all these choices, and we're going to come back and we're going to find out what kind of day everyone had, and we'll find out who had the most adequate day. Welcome back. We have drafted our choices, and now we're going to find out how adequate everyone's day was. So, <laughs> Tom's day goes like this. <laughs> He's going to have a coworker slap a Velcro button onto his chest every time he takes it off, but no more than nine times. So at least there's a cap. It's at least once an hour plus a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> once for your lunch break. Yeah. Um, he's also going to spend a day at an amateur porn convention <laughs> looking for a story he'll have to report on air the next day. Here's one for the so Hamptons. I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's where the velcroing is happening, but I imagine there's a lot of velcro at an amateur uh, porn convention. Different type of button, <laughs> Lauren. Different type of button. <laughs> and then he's going to have his office coworkers hold an intervention about his haircut and appearance. <laughs> <laughs> which, please God, let it be after he walks around the amateur porn convention. Which means he probably fit right in. Like, ah, oh, Tom wins again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's Thad's day. He's going to have one of his closest work friends begin proudly wearing a terrible, terrible facial hair choice, Mm -hmm. and he has to be the one to tell him it's repulsive. Buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Then he's going to watch one of his best friends, probably not his co-worker, embarrass themselves Mm -hmm. badly at a press conference, and he is at the press conference. Buddy. (laughs) Then he's going to have three women standing together see him shriek, spit, water on him, and backhand slap him in that order. <laughs> Thus confirming, he, lit- he literally did not have the high ground to be telling his friend about his bad haircut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and here's my day. So I have the job of asking embarrassing, humble brag set of questions to a friend at a press conference. Then I have to have an important relationship conversation with someone continue as they enter and use the toilet with the bathroom or stall door open and have the job of asking difficult, potentially embarrassing questions to a friend at a press conference, presumably a different press conference. (laughs) And I'm not sure if the bathroom friend is the same as either of the other two friends, Mm. but in any case... (laughs) 
I think Thad had the most <laughs> adequate day. He's getting the six points. And that makes Thad our winner with a score of 62 to 54. So I'm declaring you the winner. And do you have any final thoughts for your adoring fans? Well, I'm not going to lie, Lauren. Uh, Tom had me in the first half, but uh, I, I didn't give up. I just kept believing. I believed in my my preparation for this podcast, and, and ultimately it won out. Like, <laughs> this one's for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> like like any true sports interview. If we were sportsing really hard out there, they were sportsing too. Given 110%. But, uh, I think we sportsed a little harder today, so... The, the sports medal goes to us, but good job, Chance. I, I gave out a mathematically impossible amount of effort. <laughs> uh, do we have orange slices or just these sour grapes? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's all sour grapes here. It's how you make wine. <laughs> yeah Tom it is <laughs> well with that we hope you'll join us for a more informal discussion about the episode in part B until then thank you for visiting the hoodoo factory the source for all your hoodoo needs Good night, pumpkin but a fuko to you too pantyhose thank you for visiting the hoodoo factory the source for all your hoodoo needs you can follow us on Twitter at hoodoo underscore factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Please stop by the gift shop on your way out. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for absa fever. <laughs>